0: Hey Valiants, this is Kelsey and you're listening to Valiantly Spoken. Today I'm chatting with Kelly Fox, class of 86, and our Distinguished Alumni Award winner from 2017 about her career in nursing and the work she's doing now with the Blanche House. So tell us about your path from SMV to where you are now.
1: Uh, so graduated in 1986 and, um, started, um, college at the unit or at Gonzaga university. So spent two years at Gonzaga university, um, identified that I wanted to be a nurse my, uh, sophomore year, and they did not have a program at that time. So transferred to the university of Portland. And that is where I pursued my BSN. Uh, loved the experience at the University of Portland, was probably one of the main reasons that brought me back there in time, Uh, but had the opportunity to do quite a few things um, at the University of Portland, um, not only within the nursing domain, but also with student council and working with the leadership there. So Graduated in 1990, and at that point, I was a VA scholar, so went up to the um, VA hospital here in Portland, Oregon, and spent a year as a cardiac um, nurse. Uh, Chose at that point to move to Spokane, Washington, and uh, spent 10 years in Spokane, Washington as a cardiac intensive care nurse. Uh, and loved that journey. Um, It was during that time that I really missed Portland and chose to come back to Portland and didn't choose to come back in the role of a hospital nurse. So I had done some work while I was up in Spokane working for Medtronic, which is a medical equipment company as a nurse educator. And so when I came back to Portland, I came back in that role spent a couple more years in that role and then transitioned to a completely different path within nursing. And that was uh, pursuing caring for individuals in the community. And that was through the opportunity to open up a nurse practitioner run clinic for uh, the a major corporation here in town. And I believe at that point, it was one of the first um, clinics, nurse practitioner-run clinics in the state of Oregon. So at, during that time, uh, the role of the NP clinic, nurse practitioner clinic, was caring for an employee-based population. And I pursued that for about five years and simultaneously identified two, two things. Uh, one, I wanted to go back and obtain uh, a degree to be a nurse educator. And my primary reason and call for that was looking at the impact of nurse leadership uh, within um, the opportunity and ability to uh, care for individuals, not only in the hospital setting, but also in the community setting. So it was at that point that I went back to the University of Washington and pursued my master's in nursing education, um, once again, primarily to come back into the academic arena. and and educate the next generation from a leadership standpoint. And while I was doing that, I chose to uh, start my own company or my own business, which was which is Healthcare Professionals of Portland. And I chose to do that because I identified how we as nurses um, really could build a strong, trusting, intimate relationship with our clients when we cared for them at home or where they, d- where they were dwelling and so uh, I brought together a team that included other, another nurse and another nurse practitioner and we provide, uh, uh, well I guess they would call it concierge care now which is basically care, um, uh, acute care, primary care, coordination of care, advocacy um, for individuals from birth to death and so it was at that point that I pursued both of those lanes um, within within my career. So that where it did it bring me to where I am now? Yes, in a couple of ways. <laughs> um, still along that journey, I identified that you know, to be able to care for individuals the way that we were caring um, really required an individual to pay for that service out of pocket and that um, didn't feel equitable because I believe that all individuals have um, the right to this type of care and so once again it was at that point in in my career that I said how what tools do I need in order to see if we can facilitate creating a model that would allow this for all individuals and that was when I uh, chose to go back to Yale University uh, to pursue my DNP. At, um, and that DNP was focal area leadership and health policy. And I had an amazing opportunity to work with the great Ruth McCorkle. Uh, she's iconic in the nursing world, and she was my mentor and advisor. And the two of us um, worked together and um, created a model of care, which was a nurse-led model of care um, that combined uh, both nursing care as well as telehealth or telemedicine to be utilized in different um, populations. And the population that I chose to pursue it initially um, in was within the um, employee-based population. And so at that point, this is kind of where it brings us to where we are today. I had for almost 10 years been working at the University of Portland as an adjunct um, faculty member and it was at that and I still had every semester I taught at least one course. Uh, And so in combination with that work as well as the new model of care uh, I was invited by the dean to come in a a bit of a more robust role within the university and was hired as the director of the Harrington Health Clinic. And that's where we are today. That piece of combining my prior experience, combining my academic experience, and bringing those components together to... um, work as a team alongside Emily Harrington, who is the owner of the Harrington Health Clinic. She was the visionary that identified um, that for the guests at the Blanche house, um, we had the opportunity to provide a a deeper level of care um, that went beyond feeding and shelter, but also uh, holistic care of the human from a physical emotional, spiritual um, domain. So that's where um, our efforts came together.
0: Wow. And when, around when did that all happen? I'll I'll start. Sure.
1: Uh, Wow. It's been a long journey. Uh, I started on that team about three years ago, Kelsey, and uh, it hasn't been until two weeks ago that we launched the clinic full force and that clinic was done in stages and with multiple partners.
0: Wow. And I it was part of the holdup like COVID. I assume that impacted you all <laughs> a lot.
1: Yes. So a couple things. Um, it was navigating building a clinic from the ground up. So there were a lot of layers of ownership, liability, legal components, accounting. Uh, that needed to be determined. Uh, there were elements of who do we bring as partners to the table, and we have had wonderful collaborative relationships with, obviously, the University of Portland, who provides the provider care for the clinic, uh, Volunteers of America, who we um, refer our patients to for wraparound um, behavioral and mental health services, Providence Health Connect, um, where we brought in an element of telehealth and telemedicine into our clinic, providing free access of care uh, for those that do not have health care coverage. And uh, so we were in the process of building all of those pieces and, and blocks, uh, and COVID hit. And what happened when COVID hit is, is that the students that were uh, in the clinic were pulled out of the clinic. And I'll, I'll, I'll just pause here for a minute to kind of give you the history between the University of Portland and the Blanchet House. And uh, the, uni- the Blanchet House was started by eight men and Father Cunard in the 1950s. And those uh, students and Father Cunard were from the University of Portland. They believed that all individuals uh, had the right and the dignity to have a warm meal every day. And that's where it started. Uh, and it was shortly thereafter that there became a close relationship between the Blanchet House and the students at the University of Portland. So students would go down and uh, complete rotations in their community, health rotation, public health rotation. And that's been for decades upon decades. Uh, so our students were still there in that role, even though the robustness of our, of our clinic had not um, launched yet. But when COVID hit, they were pulled out. And it was evident that there was a significant uh, deficit and need for for not only the nursing student care, but a more robust care, both in the physical realm and also, which we've all identified, the mental health. It's COVID has impacted all of us. And so Emily Harrington and I, identifying that, okay, we need to do something here. We don't have this launched yet, but we have a need. We uh, strapped on our tennis shoes and hopped down there and opened up a clinic uh, with our just the two of us three days a week. We um, volunteered. So it was based on a volunteer mode. We were building as we were doing. And um, over the course of the last year, uh, piece by piece, we continued to build what this clinic, what we wanted this clinic to look like. And uh, it was during that journey that Emily chose to take on the ownership, which is, uh, we're so grateful for. Um, Her leadership is um, unmatchable, she's outstanding. And uh, we found, Kelsey, that by just jumping in and doing and being led by our passion of service and serving others, that it, it, it came to fruition.
0: That's amazing. What is your dream with this project? Who does it serve? What do you provide? Et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. Currently, it's serving the men that uh, are down at the Blanchet House Uh, it also, both Emily and I have been called out, um, onto the street to provide some street, street care as well. So we have a couple of visions, um, and each of us individually and each of us collaboratively coming together. Uh, Emily's always had a vision that this will be broader than where it's currently started, but we had to start somewhere, pilot it, and, and be, get the building blocks and the foundation set. And so it will, in time, her vision is, is that it will be extended to women and children um, and to the broader houseless community and those that are most vulnerable. Uh, that's going to take time, effort, uh, dollars, <clears throat> yep, in in order for that to happen um but as we work toward that goal uh there's also an opportunity and I think Emily and I had the this vision independent of one another um it was both a passion of ours but we found each other and now we'll be able to to see it in practice is having a foot clinic and the foot clinic uh when you're houseless there are certain things that uh are very noticed and um a lot of deficits and and that comes one of the glaring ones is is foot care is that um their individuals are on their feet constantly they are exposed to the elements um oftentimes they don't have the um the equipment to care for their feet there there are a lot of challenges and problems um, from a health standpoint arise so in order to start our um our outreach to those greater than just at the blanche house we want to open up a foot clinic to the broader houseless population and uh that will allow us to do a few things uh, it will allow us to do actual assessments, diagnosis, examinations of the foot. Uh, it'll allow us to, to do the um, assessment piece of it, but from a physical standpoint, it'll allow us to connect with individuals um, from a health and wellness standpoint, just to continue to have conversations with individuals, but it will also allow us the opportunity to give out other equipment. So, I hope and envision that we will be able to partner with other organizations that could provide shoes, socks, et cetera, so that we can continue to keep people warm and well-equipped to care for some of their basic needs.
0: Definitely. What do you think is really important for people to know about the work that you do? That every day is a new opportunity.
1: I think uh, that with the work that we're doing, every day offers an opportunity to learn. uh, An opportunity to learn through listening to the stories of those that uh, come into our realm. Uh, and, And the opportunity to learn through listening with the intent of truly understanding somebody's need or condition uh, or, uh, a problem. And I would say also an opportunity to grow. It's been a challenging, uh, course, uh, yet it has been very rewarding at the same time. And it, I've identified that it's through those challenges and also the failures that I've experienced that when I'm able to step back and reflect, and um look at that road less traveled and embrace it for for all its beauty and and thorns and and thistles i would say uh the growth is even in greater uh i would say it's an opportunity to serve it's an opportunity to meet individuals where they're at and uh it's humbling to, to be invited to work and care with another individual. And uh, I think finally, it's an opportunity to be amazed uh, every day, to be amazed by the people that we get to work beside, by amazed by the partners that we get to um, connect with and amazed by our collective strengths. I, I think uh, if that piece of opportunity doesn't come in silo, it comes through working, collaborating, and being with others. And uh, so that one thing would be just opportunity every
0: day. And if anyone listening to this would like to support your work, where can they go to do that?
1: Uh, Yes, uh, there is a Harrington Health Clinic website, and uh, it would, yeah, we would love any support that um, comes our way. So thank you for asking.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, Kelly. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before you go?
1: Thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the time to uh, highlight some important
0: work and uh, rewarding work. We appreciate you taking the time to be on here. As always, Valiantly Spoken is sponsored by your alumni advisory committee. If you're curious about Kelly's work, links are below in the description. We'll see you next time.